0: Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast, you're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, September 29, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, interestingly enough, we're going to start with the end of the day. It's how they close them. They closed them rather poorly, so that's the first thing that's on my mind going into tomorrow is how they closed them today. So whether it was a fake out or not, we're going to uncover some more stuff during this video, but just the first thing on my mind is how they closed them and they're flirting with yesterday's lows. Let's look at some more stuff from the daily chart. What's jumping off the page at me? How can I describe what happened? what didn't happen, and why I'm looking at it a certain way. Well, the first thing is, they found a low, and then they rallied up on time. Remember that. We also talked about the fact that this could be an ABC in this direction. That is possible. We'll look at another market that technically already completed that. And it could have went in the other way as well. And technically, it still can. Nothing is complete. Nothing is set in stone But we're on the way, they're on the way to the ABC where they have the C leg at present rather than the other way looks like this. Your first leg is the one off the bottom to the on time top, fill the gap. And then they come down for the B leg, run a test to some lower stuff like the 100 period moving average. And then they start up when you least expect it going back into the moving averages for a test and completing above the high of the A leg. So that is still technically intact, impossible, if they get below the low of the other day. So it's impossible, this is last week, if they get below the low here. That completes the other one. It is possible if they stay here. Today was more of a fake out, more of a we're not going to tell you which way we're going type of day, and then tomorrow or the following day, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they have a rip-your-face-off rally like this. Don't discount that. It happens all the time. Now, I'm not much for the after-hours and the pre-market stuff, but sometimes they take notice of things that happen just from an observation standpoint. So what are we looking at? We're looking at the ES contract. The SPY is closed. It's trading after market, and we can see the quotes. That's fine. But here's the real-time ES still trading till 4.15, so there's another couple of minutes left until they close for the afternoon. Now, the observation I'm talking about is, here is into the end of the day, this is 4 o'clock, they made a low of 43.45 and a quarter, and then as soon as 4 o'clock came around, for some apparent reason to be named later, they all of a sudden have a rip back in the other direction, and all of a sudden they're going to close on the ES regular session, which is forward 15 minutes from the SPY close at 4 o'clock, all of a sudden they're going to close over a dollar higher on the SPY over 10 handles in the S&P 500. And the simple question is, why is that? What causes that? Is it solely the trick-trap fool and frustrate crew? Well, I say this tongue-in-cheek half the time, but the other half of the time I say, I think there is more than meets the eye with this kind of stuff. If it really was a poor close. Why didn't the future stay down? Why didn't they keep selling for another 15 minutes? Why did they mysteriously bounce up in the other direction? I'm not sure what their number is, but I really need to place a call to Trick & Company. Do they even have a complaint department? What else do we have on the daily chart? What's jumping off the page? Well, we know where resistance is. Resistance is a couple of places. It's actually rather obvious, and using the 80-20 rule they're going to find resistance up in this neck of the woods. 444 and a quarter, 444, 445 in that neighborhood. There's a gap, there's a convergence of moving averages. They have every reason to find resistance up there if they should start to rally up in that direction. Here's a bear case for a moment. So the other day they were trending up here. It looked like they wanted to run sideways for a few days, maybe to build some energy to bust through those moving averages. Instead, When the market was on time, they actually fell out of bed. And obviously yesterday was one of those anomaly days. You don't find a lot of days, and this is in the big scheme of things, using the 80-20 rule, you don't find a lot of days where the S&P is down 70, 80, 90, 100 handles. Those days are few and far between. We may see more of those into the future, but in recent past, You don't see a lot of those, so it's definitely in the 20% camp. In a bear market, not so much. So in forwarding on with the bear case, so they were going to build some energy, run sideways. They didn't do that. They actually had what's called a bona fide failure. And until or unless we see a rescue operation, if they start getting below yesterday's low, then the low from the 20th is on the table, and if that doesn't hold... There's a whole nother thing going on. We talked about some of the, at least one of the numbers that exists, 426, give or take. And below that, it's a stair step lower. Sometimes you'll see one of these days where they just do the woodshed thing, cut through stuff like a hot knife through butter. Other times, they'll stair step their way down. You turn back in a few weeks and you say, hey, wait a minute. What happened to the highs? And by definition, this is how a market essentially rolls over. Now, maybe this is it. Maybe we've seen the top. We don't know yet. Maybe there's a blow-off scenario in our future. Again, that's something that would accompany a black swan. It would come out of nowhere. You would get all this pandemonium of panic buying. Maybe it's all the trillions of dollars Congress is trying to pass. Who knows why that would be a good thing? We're trying to figure that out. We can pretend it's a good thing, certainly in the short run and maybe because there would be tons of liquidity in the market in the short run that would be a good thing but don't mistake short-term pleasure for long-term pain. What happens when we flip over to a 240 chart? What do we see? Anything intriguing or interesting? Well, this is what we're looking at. The first thing my eye gets drawn to is the fact that they're riding the 200 period moving average after one of these big down moves. So you got this enormous breakdown candle And now, they've started to put in one of those bearish, flaggish kind of things. So there's two options. Does the 200-period moving average hold? Therefore, if it does, we'll see price creep up to run a test near the top end of said breakdown candle. Or, if the other thing is going to happen, they're going to either eat some more time off the clock, and then the 200-period moving average is going to give way, and there's your test of the low we just discussed about, But using the other chart. Do we see anything different or non confirmatory on the 120 minute chart? And the answer is no, it's the same thing. It's just stretched out a little bit with more candles, but it's confirming the same thing that we just saw. What about the hourly chart? Also confirming the same thing we just saw. Is this what's happening? Is this a breakdown candle, a bear flag wedge kind of thing? And then A continuation move lower we see that all the time that's the awareness unless they get above 437 437 437.04 I believe was today's high unless they get above that and start pushing above that and spend some time above that then there's no dice put that on a sticky note let's check out what was doing inside the numbers what we're gonna do is run through the commentary We're going to highlight a few important things that happened today that traders who were members of Inside the Numbers were able to benefit from, from a profitability standpoint. You'll get an opportunity to read all the notes. You can pause the video, go back to the charts to double check the work. Then we'll circle back to Stocks on the Move, take a look at a few charts, and we'll move on to Camp IWM. We're waking up to a big bounce and tons of green on the screen. That was prevalent at zero dark 30. Remember from yesterday, what news item that sent the market down? Maybe it's a wounded cat bounce. Maybe it's the start of a larger rally higher. We don't know yet. As traders, we go into the day with an open mind to both sides of the tape. No bias. We're the umpire calling balls and strikes. The schematic this morning was pretty straightforward in terms of the numbers. 436.67 is the early bogey. A.K.A. an important spot. Let's get our faculties. Five-minute chart, SPY, right of the vertical. Today's activity, the horizontal line is precisely 436.67. The day opened all the way down here. So we're looking at where resistance is going to be long before the opening bell rings. At the time, they were flirting with that number. And if they opened the day above that number, it would have been very good for the bullish case. They didn't do that, but we have to be aware of it in the early morning hours. These are the pregame warm-ups. We talked about some higher stuff. We don't need that right now. We also talk about the lower stuff. We do need that right now. What if they fail and we're seeing a paltry relief rally? That turns out to be the case, but we don't know it at the time. Well, then it's all about the goal line defense around 434.75 down to 434 now write that down put it on an extra sticky note we're not going to need it much longer we're going to need it on a temporary basis much below that and for a few more minutes and the express lane down south begins to get some traffic the next number down will be provided in real time if needed okay fair enough let's see what else we have as the day begins to get underway we'll let him go for a while get the lay of the land So 9.21, what am I thinking? So we're within few minutes of post time. Traders want that morning trade. What am I looking at? What am I thinking? Where am I licking my chops? Remember the zone around 4.34, and now, that's why it was temporary before. Now down to 4.33. They move them a little bit in the pre-market. You have to adjust with the market. So now I'm talking about a zone, 4.34 down to 4.33. That's where the Bulls' goal line defense needs to come out and take a stance. If they can, you'll see a short squeeze and the target would be a test of yesterday afternoon's high around 436.60 or so. All right, let's pull back a second. Let's think about this for a moment. Here's what it's saying in layman's terms. Look, if they drop them at the open, maybe it's a shakeout operation. Here's the deal. In the zone between... 434 and 433, you can buy the spiders or whatever you want to buy options, the ES contract, leveraged exchange traded products, whatever it is that is your fancy. Down in that zone, you can buy it, and we're going to get a short squeeze as long as that zone holds, and they're going to go run a test of yesterday's high. Pretty simple stuff. We're back to the five minute chart. Here's the situation you open the day in the middle of the zone. 4.36.67 is the top end, 4.34 is the bottom end. What's the low in the morning, right at 9.50, or the candle ending 9.50? 4.34.03, how you doing? What happened after they ran a test of 4.34? What did they do? They had a short squeeze, and they ran a test of yesterday's high. Where's yesterday's high? Right here. Yesterday afternoon, candle ending 15.10 on the 28th. The high was 4.36, 67. Apples, you like Macintosh apples. Keep in mind, the day hasn't even got underway, and we've already mapped out the schematic for after the opening bell. It's not always that that happens, but it's pretty cool when that happens. 9.39, around and below 4.34, should produce a bounce back in the other direction. It's a scalp trade on the long side. Scalp trade means we're going to take profit. You can hold a trailer around and below 434, 939. This is after the opening bell now. 945, it's showtime for the Bulls. Start playing defense. The rest is history. You know what happened. You know I'm discussing it here, giving you the targets, all that stuff, 10.01. And that's why profits needed to be taken at 436.67. What am I talking about at 10.01? Here's a 15-minute chart. Here's the candle ending at 10.15, which means it starts at 10 o'clock, ends at 10.15. This is the first candle. They went up and hit 436.67, and as you can see, immediately had a pullback in the other direction. Doesn't look like much on this chart, but it was. When you're in a trade, it is. You want to sell while the market's headed in your direction. It's called selling into strength which is selling on your terms, rather than selling on weakness, which is because you didn't sell before, and now all of a sudden you realize you want to get out, and therefore you're selling on someone else's terms. Don't sell on someone else's terms. We're moving along. Here's what I'll do. I'll scroll up, pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart. Basically, what you're going to see is, unless they get above and start closing candles above that high from earlier in the day, there's no dice to the upside. We had targets, but they couldn't get there. Then they made one push, the gateway number became slightly higher, and you'll see that here, it became 437.04, but then again, they failed into the closing bell. And what did we have in the afternoon? So if they're not going to go higher to 438, 438 438.50, if they go back down to 436 and a quarter and get much below that, the end of the day is more likely a sell. Well, let's go see where 436 and a quarter puts the tape. We're back to a five minute chart. The top line is 436 and a quarter. And as you can see, once they started to get below, ran a couple of back tests. The test failed. And what did she do? She sold into the clothes to where? The number all the way from this morning, 434. They're important numbers. They're support if price is above. Their resistance if price is below. That's the way it works. What about stocks on the move? Let's check out some charts. SOFI, that hit its entry objective. HPQ, it says jump target, but there were more than one number. We're going to look at that chart. We're also going to look at JBL. EQT and MU didn't hit their entry targets. They're off the board. they are no trades. We traded our numbers, not somebody else's. You might have seen this one in the notes, in the commentary. It hit right out of the gate. At the opening bell, they opened above the number, ran down, spiked through the number, reversed immediately with a rocket ride in the other direction. By 10.20 in the morning, the high was 17.17, off an entry of 16.30. Doesn't seem like much. But on $16 stock, that's not a scalp trade. That's a fantastic trade. It's better than a base hit. It's better than a double. It's a rocket ride. Hence, it gets a nice trade. The numbers work. How about HPQ, also known as HP? Check this one out. So they open below the first number. They try and rally back to where? The first number. The high was 28 even in the first five-minute candle of the day. The second number, you can see what happened. They come in, they provide you with the minimum required base hit, and then they hang around the second number bouncing back and forth for the remainder of the day. The numbers work, like I said before. They're important numbers, so when price is below, then they become resistance like this. JBL. So here's the situation here. The first number, it came up short, and they did the deal. And we know what happens. When they do that, we don't want that number anymore. They already did the deal, pulling up a few pennies short. They went up to about 60 bucks after coming up short, even higher than that. So then what happened? They come into the second number, which I'm not doing at that point in time. It's too close to the first number. When they're close together, it's meant to be a zone. I can make the case for either number. Well, you can see they're both important. What happened after they went to the second number? They did the deal anyway by going where? Back to the first number. The high was 59.13 against 59.12, which is, of course, the first number. A, the numbers work, and B, it's funny how this works, isn't it? Camp IWM, they didn't do much today. They went down a little bit. But in the spirit of there are no accidents or coincidences, let me point something out. So, yesterday was a big down day, and the low is 220.85. Today, the closing price is 220.82, and there are no accidents or coincidences. However, they had an opportunity. They could have made the choice to close above. They made the choice to close below. Is it a flare up in the air saying, hey, this is weak? We're going lower? Or is it a fake out operation? Well, we'll find out in the morning. Closing below can't be bullish. It can be a fake-out operation, but it's really in the bear camp when you're looking at technical analysis, information, and observations. What about the folks down at the transportation department? So they were down today. Canary in the coal mine, let's not forget. So they're not bullish, so we know that. They're below all the moving averages on close today. Again, they recaptured, and now they've closed below all the moving averages one more time today. Again, is this a flare-up in the air saying, hey, over here, we're bearish, we're going lower, and the only way that's not the case, and that's from a pure technical perspective, you could see a fake-out rescue operation, they goose them in the morning, all kinds of stuff. This stuff happens during these corrective phases. You're going to get rip-your-face-off rallies. You're going to get news items out of nowhere that the market reacts to. The market's looking ...for a reason to go up, so therefore, buying begets buying, panic buying sets in, the short squeeze ensues... ...and all of a sudden, by the opening bell, the futures are up 50 handles. That's going to happen, I'm not saying tomorrow, but that happens all the time in these corrective phases. What about the Silicon Valley folks? The Q people? Well, same story. Let's check out where the closing price is today. Well, it's $359.28. Yesterday's low was 359.35. Again, same story we just discussed. Is that an accident or a coincidence, or was that by design? I say it's by design. That's the way I look at the markets. I look at the big things. I look at the little things. I look at the things nobody even knows about. That's not bullish. That's bearish. That's the hourly chart. That's one of these, right? And the only way it's not going to complete and have a continuation move in the downward or southern direction, is if you get above this high here, then they'll want to run a test of the breakdown candle high. That's the only thing in the bull's camp, but they have to get all the way up here, and they can't do it yet. They can't sustain price. You saw what happened in the SPY. The Qs, the NASDAQ, wasn't even up there. They couldn't get up there, so they're the weaker player right now. So let's read into the weaker player. They're top-heavy. It's top-heavy in the names we know, the Fang stocks and a few other ones. Counts for like almost half of the cues on less than 10 or a dozen stocks. It's ridiculous. And I say it's ridiculous because most people aren't aware of it. If you're aware of it, it's not ridiculous. You trade accordingly, you invest accordingly. If that's what you want to invest in, then that's fine. But I know for a fact the majority of people out there don't realize how heavily weighted this thing is in the top side. So what's this telling you? It's telling you we're seeing institutional distribution of the big boys. Meaning the big boys are distributing the big boys. We'll just look at some weekly charts just to get a snapshot. Facebook, distribution. Google, distribution. Still in an uptrend above all the moving averages, but certainly distribution. On its way to pay a visit to a home base. Netflix, not under distribution. Accumulation. Apple. Meet me in the middle. They just paid a visit to the 20 period or home base, not too far off the all-time highs. There's really nothing wrong with Apple. I would have to classify this as a weekly chart pullback into a moving average and a breakout area to boot. How about Amazon? How about distribution? How about bearish pattern? How about wedge slash Some kind of flaggish, bearish thingamajig going on with a big breakdown candle held up temporarily at least by the moving average of the 50 period, the blue one. But if these lows give way, then you're looking to run a test of the 100, this pivot low, somewhere in that neighborhood. They pretty much match up together. Now, we don't talk about these stocks every night, but I'm looking at these charts to see what's going on. To see what the institutional players are doing. Are they buying these stocks? Or are they selling these stocks? When you see a gap up in the morning, what are they doing? Are they selling into the gap up in the morning? Whatever they can get their hands on? Or are they chasing price like part of the buy the dip crowd a la the pajama jockey? How about the XLF? The tale of two tapes. So it's bullish above all the moving averages. We're near the highs. There's really nothing technically wrong with the XLF. Yesterday, they formed a breakdown candle. Under normal garden variety conditions, you're going to have some kind of follow-through. Maybe they put in one of those flag patterns. Maybe they don't. But unless they start to creep higher and run a test of the high, it's generally a signal that they're going to trade into the moving averages one more time. And then we have... Smash Mouth. Let's just take this independent of everything else. We had a pretty bad day finishing on top of or just slightly below the 100 period moving average. Pretty bad day down 369, almost one and a half percent for Smash Mouth. Now, what is this? This is a proxy for the tech space. Now, it doesn't have the fang stocks in it that we just looked at before. What it does have is semiconductor stocks. This tracks the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. And they're generally speaking, in the history of my life, they've been a good proxy for the tech space as a whole. So they're going to lead in one direction or another. So if they're not leading up and they're leading down, what's that telling us? Well, under normal garden variety conditions, using the 80-20 rule, the majority of time, this is telling us that we should expect still lower prices in the Silicon Valley slash Q people stuff. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.